It's Primavera, and it is pledge time on Forward Radio. Welcome to spring. Welcome to our spring pledge drive. I'm Justin Mogg in the studio for a live, special live, my last live of the pledge drive, Sustainability Now. I'm so happy to have you all along with us today. This is your day to get involved in the station, become a part of this radio magic. Uh, It all happens because listeners like you care enough about independent grassroots media like this to dig deep and pledge whatever you can. We only come to you once a year to ask for your pledges, and it's in the springtime, and it's right now. And the reason we do it around now is because it was on April 9th of 2017 that we first flipped the switch and went on air. So we are celebrating our fifth anniversary this week. We're looking forward to our big party coming up on Saturday, uh, 1 to 4 p.m. at the Tim Faulkner Gallery, 991 Logan Street, right across from the Logan Street Market. We'd love to have you join us there, and we'd love to celebrate that we made our goal. But we are not there, my friends. No, no, no. We need you to step up to the plate and help us reach our goal of raising $5,000 by Saturday. By the end of the day, Saturday, we want $5,000 so that we know we're secure. We can stay on air for another year and keep bringing you this great programming that you don't hear anywhere else and that you depend on. Uh, So if you can pledge any amount today at forwardradio.org, we can thank you live on air now through 7 p.m. I'd love to... Ring this bell and celebrate your pledges. We want to thank our 35 donors so far who have helped us raise $2,373. Not bad, (laughs) not bad. Um, We're over halfway through our drive, though, so I would love to see that number get over halfway there. If we could get to $2,500 by the end of the night, wow, we would feel so good going into the rest of the week. And this is the time to do it, not only because you'll get a live thank you on air and we'll feel so grateful to know that you're out there listening and appreciate the programming but this is also your chance my friends to pick up on some great unique thank you gifts you can only get during the pledge drive any any level starting at $25 you'll be walking away with a great handmade locally produced gift and I want to tell you about what those options are before we dive into the program today at the $25 level you could get a zippered pouch handmade by our friends at Stitch sewing together in the Caring Highlands it's a mission of Highland Presbyterian and Kentucky Refugee Ministries that teaches refugees to sew while practicing in English. The artisans keep 100% of the profits. So if you donate $25 to Forward Radio, we will keep all the extra and pay the value of that uh, that zippered pouch to Stitch and their artisans will t- will get the profits of that as well. So it's a great way to support multiple things at once. The $35 level, they have these handmade phone caddies. If you're FaceTiming or just need a place to put your smartphone while you're in the kitchen making a recipe or something like that, these are great. You can use them to orient your phone vertical or horizontal. Uh, At the $40 level, we've got WFMP t-shirts in either the long sleeve or the short sleeve variety, locally printed by a minority-owned downtown shop. That's how we do here at Forward Radio, in any size you need for your kids or yourself. At the $50 level, we've got the kitchen boas. They're back this year. You hang them around your neck. they got dish towels at both ends so you can wipe as you go or pick pick up hot things while you're cooking. We also have 
a wonderful set of handmade colorful dishcloths by a forward radio volunteer available at that $50 level. Uh, at the $60 level, you could get a set of three microwave pot holders handmade by Stitch, 100% washable cotton. Uh, pick your favorite colors. At the $75 level, you can get yourself a WFMP hoodie and stay warm, wrapped in the love of forward radio uh, all through next winter, right? And at the $150 level, the last item on offer is the handmade lap blanket made by uh, our own Carol Trainer from Forward Radio and Veterans for Peace Radio. Uh, they come in three different colors. She's handmade these. One is in WFMP colors, one's in U of L colors, or UK colors as well. And you can give it any amount you want. Uh, and you don't need to take a gift if you don't want one, or if you want to give like $100 and still get the $75 hoodie, we can do that. Just uh, fill out the custom level. And the other neat thing you can do is give monthly. If you don't have $75 in your pocket to give today. We understand. You can give us just $5 a month or whatever you can afford monthly uh, and still pick up on some of those great thank you gifts. So do it now and we'll thank you live on air. Uh, we would love to ring this bell for you here on Sustainability Now this week. Well, what we're doing this week is highlighting the work of another Forward Radio Proud Community partner. The Urban Agriculture Coalition is back with us today. I'm so delighted to have Amanda Fuller in the studio. Welcome, Amanda. Hello. <laughs> You've been with the Urban Ag Coalition since it's very uh, coalescing. Yes. I when think was it, that? I think it was around 2017. Oh, it's, wow. been, it's been quite a few years that we've been organized, and uh, it just gets to be a stronger community every year. So it's been really delightful. I've met so many people yeah. through that community, and uh, we've really come together recently for a lot of great initiatives. So I, yeah. really, I really love being part of it. And it all grew out of something called the Food in Neighborhoods Community Coalition. What, what is that? Well, that is a broader coalition of folks who have been uh, organized for more than 10 years now doing a lot of work around food justice and um, food security in the city. And that work has really been a lot of things over the years. Right now, the Food and Neighborhoods Coalition does a lot of work around um, helping people get land, helping us get more people growing in the city, um, working on policy issues, and just connecting folks uh, to lots of different initiatives around the city. So Food and Neighborhoods is going strong. Urban Agriculture Coalition is sort of a subset of that work of people who really get their hands in the dirt and grow things. And so you have both like individual growers and then are there community groups that are part of the Urban Ag Coalition too? Right. The coalition is not just individuals, but it's also organizations. We have um, great support from our extension office, from soil and water conservation, and um, a lot of nonprofits are part of that group. Uh, Louisville Grows pops in sometimes. Uh, we have Common Earth Gardens, which runs uh, a lot of gardening projects for new Americans. I'm going to forget, folks. I know. <laughs> I, I know. know Americana Community <laughs> Center has a community garden initiative. And if you want to find out all the different folks who are involved in that group, you can go to foodinneighborhoods.org slash grow. We've got a great directory there of organizations. And you can Ooh, even yeah. find, if you're looking for... Uh, group, for example, like who works with youth, who works with new Americans, who works on um, food justice work or who works um, on different things like you can find a directory there that will help you find 
um, who you're looking for in the city that you'd like to connect with. So that's a great resource on our website. Yeah. Now, foodandneighborhoods.org has other great resources, too, related to things like the land development code and things like that, right? Right. We do have updates there about our policy work. We did um, some work last year and got some uh, success getting the land development code um, revised, updated a bit so that it was a more friendly and more equitable for folks growing. One of the things that we educated our city about was the fact that if you have chickens, there's no place really legally where somebody who has a few chickens can like legally <laughs> kill them if you want to eat oh, chickens. Wait, you can keep them, but you can't kill them? You can keep them, but there were rules about killing chickens in the city, I think. And so we, we did some education around that and um, educated folks with Bethany Pratt's help, too, um, helping educate our folks who wow. make rules in the city about, um, you know, what's reasonable and fair about chicken and i'm not a chicken keeper so i no. hope i'm not talking outside my area of expertise here but but you've got um, me curious about slaughtering other animals too like can you raise your oh goats and slaughter them now that's a good question okay. i'm, I'm right. not the not best a, person to ask expert. about that that's okay <laughs> but if you get in touch with us at the website somebody will be able to answer that question so if you're wondering about keeping animals in the city there's a place on the website where you can get in touch with us and get those questions answered we will point you to the right resources what about beekeepers are there any beekeepers that are part of the coalition I think there are some people who are beekeepers. Um, it's not a topic that comes up a lot, yeah. actually. I think because the beekeepers have their own organization, maybe they already are talking to each other, and there's not 100% um, great overlap. But that's a great idea. We should probably reach out to them and maybe get some of them to do some educational programs or something like that. I do know that there's going to be a beekeeper presenting at the How To Fest. Ooh. So we did help coordinate the presentations for the How To Fest at okay. the library. Okay. And we will we did reach out to a beekeeper um, who's going to be presenting there on May 14th. So yes, will be one great place to connect with people who are keeping bees. We are so excited that the How To Fest is coming back this year. One of my favorite events of the year, right across the alley from us here at In Forward Radio. In the shadow Radio. of the Hayburn In Building. In the shadow of the Hayburn Building. Uh, we will gather on Saturday, May 14th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. You could stop in anytime or you could be there. I swear the time is going to fly by. You'll probably want to be there the whole time because it's a series of really short workshops, like 20, 30 minutes something like that 45 45 minute mm -hmm. workshops uh, on all kinds of different topics uh, and we're gonna have several tents just devoted to the urban ag coalition right what's tell me the details what what can people learn about on may 14th well it's it's broad like we've interpreted urban agriculture to be really really broad so it encompasses a lot of things all the way from producing food how to how to produce it how to eat it um, how to do everything really so we've got uh, somebody there will be talking about native plants. That was one thing um, that got a lot of attention recently because an ordinance passed um, yeah, yeah, changing yeah. changing the rules around growing native plants in the city. So there will be somebody talking about native plants. In fact, Phyllis Fitzgerald, our, one of our local experts. Oh, yeah. Um, Phyllis is great. Yeah. And, and she used to host a erstwhile radio personality. A weekly uh, local yes. foods radio show on yes, the good old sure WCHQ. Did. Yeah. Yes, she sure did. So she is a wonderful expert on native plants. She'll be talking about how to grow um, more native plants in your garden. Can can before you move on, can we share a little bit of detail about the ordinance on it was known as the weed ordinance, right? So <laughs> <laughs> you are known. you are intimately familiar with this ordinance I, as I, an urban grower. Right. I uh, know some people are very interested in other kinds of ordinances relating to other kinds of weeds, but this was one <laughs> 
this was one relating to um, native plants, so to speak, and it changed the rules so that people are many people are less likely to get cited for having native plants that are cultivated on their property. Okay. There still are some restrictions around it. I'm not delighted with all the provisions of it, to be honest. Um, I think it's very good for people who have a big yard if you have lots of space for your native plants. Because of the setback There's rule. a setback rule that's five feet from your property line or five feet from the sidewalk. So for folks in urban like urban properties with Shotgun small lots. properties, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. still very restrictive for folks. And so I think you know that aspect of it, to me, isn't entirely equitable. But um, in the process of passing that ordinance, I'm sure that some people who work for city government, you know, got to learn more about native plants and the folks who are advocates around growing more um, native uh, pollinator habitat and whatnot, you know, have really had a chance to educate people more about the advantages of doing that in the city. So does this mean that people can now just legally stop mowing their lawn and just let whatever grows there grow? Or does it mean they have to really remove the sod and intentionally plant native plants? I, I think it's intended for the latter. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, okay. but in reality, what happens when you stop mowing is that there are the a lot of native in. plants that will come back. Yeah. And so you are creating good pollinator habitat in many cases by just stopping mowing. Okay. So if you are mindful of what's there and if you are thoughtful about it, I think it can sort of do both for people, but it isn't in a, it isn't just a blanket um, excuse for people to be careless about their lawn maintenance. I mean, think I think the city officials were very, you know, <laughs> desirous <Yeah. laughs> that it that it is for people who want to be careful and and be intentional about what they're doing in their in their yards. Okay. So um, yeah, please do um, make things look nice. You know, put some labels on your plants if you think your neighbors Ooh, yeah. don't know what you're doing. Um, be, you, th be thoughtful about it if you're growing native plants. You could even get uh, your yard registered as a pollinator habitat, pollinator-friendly habitat. There right? are, yeah. There's a program. There's a couple different programs nationally. Um, Xerxes Society is one uh, that allows people to sort of certify, self-certify, mm -hmm. but you can get a certification for your yard if it's pollinator-friendly. Yeah. And um, I think the National Wildlife Federation is another one that does that. Uh, there's an organization called the Pollinator Partnership, yep. which I think is what I did um, on my lots in Portland. And so that those are great programs because you get um, some signage um, for your yard for your for your property that you can put up there and then people will know oh this is why that you have <laughs> pollinator plants right it might look like weeds to somebody who isn't familiar but it's a great way to educate your neighbors and just to circle all the way back and put a bow on this point some of these native plants are also edible right yes. so you could be growing food and native plants in on your property right yes what yeah. are some of those edible things well so Native, native is sort of a fuzzy thing for me because there are a lot of plants that are what we call naturalized. There are a lot of things that are um, really that are kind of common in our in our landscape that have been naturalized over time. Okay. And so um, we don't even recognize necessarily that they're <laughs> that they're not from here because they're just kind of common. But um, there are a lot of things that are edible on the landscape. Service berries are one that are actually a native plant. We, um, we plant them as ornamentals and nettles is another one that we, that we have as a native, but actually is, is an edible one. And so there's, there's quite a little bit of overlap between what's edible and what's native. So you can definitely plant some plants that'll be serving multiple purposes on your landscape. 
That's Amanda Fuller from the Urban Ag Coalition. You are listening to a special live edition of Sustainability Now here on Forward Radio during the Pledge Drive, encouraging you to go to forwardradio.org right now and give what you can. We'd love to ring this bell and thank you for being the 36th donor. We are getting close to our where we should be right about now, about halfway through our goal of $2,500 would get us there if we could get towards our goal of 5000 And I want to welcome a couple other friends from the Urban Agriculture Coalition and Sustainable Ag Louisville, another proud Ford Radio community partner. Welcome back, Letitia Marshall. Thank you for coming back on the air with us. Hello, good evening. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Yay. What's up, everybody? It's great to have you back from Bear Fruit and Grow. Uh, And then Stephen Bartlett is joining us from Sustainable Ag Louisville. Welcome, Stephen. Hey, saludos. Hey, everyone. Good to be on. <laughs> yeah, we started off with the uh, Appalachian's Primavera to kick off the show today. We're celebrating spring and our pledge drive today. Uh, you want to give us a quick, uh, give our listeners, uh, Stephen, a quick uh, overview of what SAL is and how you work. Well, we're gearing up for our um, planting for the year. We're going to try to do our three sisters again. We've yeah. Got all the, we still got a bunch of corn left. We're going to, we're going to, I think. Sunday, May um, May eighth, we want to have a tamal festival. We, we haven't decided really? the location. Uh, we're gonna make some tortillas and tamales in a park somewhere, but we'll send word out. Oh, um, that sounds awesome. When we when we firm up the details, but um, you know, uh, yeah, we we're supporting you know things that are happening at the national international level, uh, and we're we're uh, supporting new routes and uh, food and neighborhoods and. We just got a grant in. We're, we're the fiscal sponsor for food neighborhoods for the scholarships for people to get vacant lots. Oh, on the West End from Sustainability Council gave us a little grant. Really, which we're really grateful about. And um, so yeah, things are moving along. And um, yeah, the I mean, it's just this weather just keeps uh, you know putting us back. We want to plant, but yeah, it's uh, it yeah, keeps we're just getting cold all of a sudden. <laughs> Yeah, we're just yeah, we're all schizophrenic. We're on the roller coaster. The the ro- <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it's great to have you here. Now I know Amanda wanted to talk about that uh, land ownership project. I don't know if Letitia, you were excited about this too. Do you do you know anything about it? Or do you, do you want to speak to it? I do. I am a part of the uh, Fend uh, Land Access and Protection Action Group. And uh, and so is Amanda and Stephen pops in there as well. So we're all working together to okay. make things, hopefully to make things happen. So okay, yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah. So how is this going to work? Is this for people who have their eye on a piece of property and don't have the means to acquire it, or what are the parameters for people to participate? Go ahead, Letitia. You should tell. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so. Um, well, you gotta have the means, you gotta okay. have some means, right? Okay. Because the micro grant that we offer, uh, will award up to $500, right? Yeah. And so okay. the inputs may cost more than that, but we're more than happy to help, uh, with that, uh, $500 micro grant. Nice. It's been a process of learning how the whole system works and making sure that people who qualify, you know, are able to do it and it's it's been a lot we've been overcoming obstacles in that way and so we're we're looking for more people to consider entering this program and turning more of those vacant lots into places where you can grow food and have green and have fruit and have right. vegetables and yeah 
And so pe people in the neighborhoods who might be mowing someone's a vacant lot can now own that lot. Oh, and then yeah. To produce, you know. Um, yeah. And we're trying to see how we can make it more accessible to people. And by by having a, basically a, a bunch of us supporting those who are making the application uh, in that process. Very cool. The, the grant is for eight vacant lots um, that residents could buy for food production or for community green space. And it's also supporting some outreach uh, that we're planning to do um, for neighbors in areas where where land is available. So just letting people know that the opportunity is there for them to access and own those properties. Um, and so we're, we're excited about that. We know that there are folks out there who want to grow and who want to cultivate green spaces in their neighborhoods. And so we're excited about being able to do some of that um, engagement work. Awesome. Okay, and I interrupt a, a minute ago. Amanda was just running through the list of uh, things people can learn about during the How To Fest. So I want to return to that and let you finish that list. But I wonder if there's anything people can learn about this, about land acquisition at the How To Fest. Or are there people mm -hmm. who will be booths there that they could talk to about it? There definitely will be a booth there with um, people there that you can talk to about it. Okay. Um, the Urban Ag Coalition will have a tent there all day. Ooh, and yeah. there will be folks there who you can ask questions to about that program. Um, I'm looking at two of the other presenters right here on our Zoom. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, Letitia Marshall <laughs> mentioned last week when she was on with you that she is going to be talking about how to grow microgreens. Oh, yeah. And Stephen Bartlett's also doing a workshop. And Stephen, I wonder if you want to mention what that's going to be. We're gonna we're gonna learn how to make tortillas, the real the real McCoy, the real thing, <laughs> from, not from maseca, but from our own homegrown corn, and make uh, tortillas. So, yeah, you actually get to taste some, uh, but we'll see all the how the process works to make hominy and then ground it up and make the dough, make the nixtamal as they call it down in Mesoamerica, and then make the beautiful um, corn that that makes us humans human. Now, it, hopefully this will get people excited about growing their own corn. And May 14th is not too late to plant your own corn, right? So will there be some seeds available that people could take home? I, I can, I'm definitely going to bring yeah. quite, a few, quite a few ears. Um, Great. And uh, let, I'll lend the ears out. And uh, <laughs> basically, basically, kind of, it's like a library. You, you borrow it, there you, you plant go. it, and then you got some to give give back or give to other people. Oops. Seed friends, banking. friends, Louisvillians, growers, <laughs> lend me your ears. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's a low interest loan. Nice, nice. And there will be other seeds there too at that at that booth that the Urban Agriculture Coalition is going to be staffing all day. We'll definitely have um, some plants and seeds to oh, give nice. away. So if you are listening and you want to bring plants or seeds. May is usually a time of year when people have things to give away. So please show up and bring us things if you want to share plants or seeds with other growers. And if you're looking for plants or seeds to start your garden, we will hook you up. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're going to learn about making our own tamales. We're going to learn about microgreens. We're going to learn about what else? Too popular. You know, things with animals are always popular. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so in addition to the bees, which are very, very small animals, we will have a workshop about goats from our good friend Vaughn Barnes at 10 o'clock at the How To Fest. So you really don't want to miss that one. Vaughn is amazing and wonderful, and he will inspire you. Um, we also have uh, birds and butterflies will be on the program. Ooh. And um, chickens will be on the program. So if you want to learn more about backyard chickens, you can come at 2 o'clock. 
and hear some speakers about backyard chickens at the how-to fest and then not to be um, eclipsed by the large animals we also have a workshop about worms so Ooh, yeah we, we have living organisms of all kinds <laughs> will be making appearances at the how-to fest on may 14th <laughs> that's fantastic okay so mark your calendars for saturday may 14th uh, at the louisville free public library the main library from 1 to 4 p.m you can learn more about it at lfpl.org uh, and then uh, you can learn more about the Urban Ag Coalition at foodinneighborhoods.org slash grow uh, what else is going on uh, with um, with Sol these days uh, Stephen that you want to talk about well one of our me members Tyler has just got back from Mexico oh, yeah. and he and Cyrus are, um, are now going to be a big part of La Minga we just had the fifth Congress of Laminga out in Prospect. I was just wondering about the state of Laminga. It's 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 coming. It's being reborn out of the ashes. Right now. <laughs> I hope but we actually, didn't burn it down. Actually, it's been in production all this all this time. Oh, really? Um, there's some great Guatemalan and uh, Mexican gardeners out there. Okay. Uh, Honduran, El Salvadoran, and um, yeah, so it's kind of exciting that it's still going. Um, and and Carla Wallace came in for the assembly also, so we got an update on the land situation, and it was all very good. Okay. And, mm -hmm. and I just so, learned that there are beekeepers out at Laminga. They did a yes. Kentuckiana Beekeepers Association field day there just on Sunday. That's right. That's right. It still happened, so it's really very good. Very cool. And um, yeah, we got new board members, and it, it was quite a big meeting. I, we were very pleased, and. Um, well, Sal, you know, we're going to move forward with um, with our collective for Three Sisters production this summer. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in learning how to plant and uh, weed with a hoe and harvest by hand the field of corn and beans. And Justin here and Amanda have been big parts of the harvest and weeding crews and planting crews over the years. Time, and yeah. it's, it's always a beautiful experience. And the three so sisters, have, for folks who don't know, let's fill them in on, on what the three sisters are and why they're important. Well, these are three sisters that get along. <laughs> A lot of sisters don't, but these ones do, right? <laughs> the corn gets along with the beans. The beans climb the corn. The squash covers the ground and then protects the corn from the all kinds of pests and... Uh, and puts a nice little uh, enzymes into the soil. It's good for the corn, the beans. The beans fix some nitrogen for the corn. And evidently, for thousands of years, these three crops were grown together, and they actually sort of evolved together. Um, and so winter squashes do wonders to keep the weeds down. Yeah. And once you, you do one pass with the hose and the squash pulls in, so you get three crops, you get a whole diet out of one field. <laughs> beans and squash, you can live on that indefinitely. Yeah, and the neat thing is you can plant all three of those at the very same moment from seed. It's the easiest thing in the world. You just have, you know, prepared land and you stick these three seeds in the soil in the right configuration and right number, obviously. But you don't have to get too scientific about it, right? Like people have been doing, humans know how to do this. Like we inherently know how to do this, right? It's in our blood. <laughs> and what Well, it's, yeah, the knowledge passed down. Thank goodness yeah. we had native peoples who passed yeah. that down to us. And we have to be totally in gratitude for that. Absolutely. And what matters, too, is the locally adapted seed and the fact that it's not hybrid seed, so we can save our seed from year to year, right? 
we're very proud about our corn. We got we planted Hickory King and then we planted Bloody Butcher, started mixing it in, letting the promiscuous corn <laughs> pollinate pollinate across the in the varieties and and now we have this triple rainbow rodelia triple rainbow corn it's just we got red red dark red corn Ooh, yeah, that's, it's beautiful. that's big with big grains like the hickory king we got we got purple ears that are totally purple some that are white and purple and when we're harvesting it's just a it's eye candy you open up the <laughs> you pull off the shuck and and you look and you don't know what color it's going to be yeah. the only try to avoid to avoid the uh, gmo drift is the yellow because most of the gmo corns are yellow so we're sticking to the creole white red blue purple orange pink colors yeah and it makes the best cornbread or masa uh it's fantastic oh, yeah. stuff and people freak people freak out they say this is indian corn can can you eat this and i'm like <laughs> Oh, this this is better. This is top quality, top quality corn. The Indians didn't starve to death, and they certainly didn't shop at Kroger. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you want to give a shout out to the kinds of beans we grow, Amanda? Yeah, I'm. I'm sort and of the, the squash. I'm the bean lover. I'm also a squash lover, but I'm always the person who's stuffing my pockets and my sacks full of beans when we're out there harvesting. I just want to want to grab them all from from uh, the field. But we have also some really charismatic uh, varieties of beans, and um, some of those have been uh, kind of gifted to us from our from our neighbors in other continents. So one of them is a variety from Paraguay that that um, Stephen and and folks have been growing for a long time that we in Paraguay called San Francisco. And mm. um, it's a really prolific, productive kind of bean that um, a lot of people here would call it like a Crowder pea. It's kind of like, mm. like a black-eyed pea kind of bean. And then the other one that we um, were gifted in 2016 when Justin and I went down to Paraguay to visit, we got one that was an heirloom bean there. It's called Laino. And it's a it's also like a Crowder pea kind of bean. It's um, People, when they gave it to us, people were very excited. Like, these are really amazing beans. They have DSC Ocho, DSC Ocho, DSC Ocho. <laughs> they have 18 beans in one pod. That is amazing. And they're big and they're beautiful. Some of them are kind of purple when they when you harvest them. And they really mm. do grow very well here. So we're very excited to introduce those into the Three Sisters plot as well. Yeah. Good these stuff. These beans, when we're harvesting them, they're all mixed together. And it's a beautiful it's a beautiful sight that the three the different kind of Paraguay beans that are now... I think we have to say they've become Kentucky beans now. Right. Yeah. They're naturalized. Kentucky guai. <laughs> They're kind of new Americans, but... <laughs> Americans. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're speaking today here on Sustainability Now with members of the Urban Agriculture Coalition, which is a proud Forward Radio community partner. We want to celebrate their support of the station and your support today. We're in the the middle of our pledge drive in the second week here. We need to raise $5,000 by Saturday. And 35 of you have already pledged to the station and helped us raise over $2,300. We'd love to get to $2,500 by 7 o'clock tonight. Can you help us get over the edge? And I'll ring the bell for you live on air. And we'll thank you. Uh, This is your time to go to forwardradio.org. 
pledge what you can. We want to thank Snake Jones, who stepped up to the plate to make a generous donation yesterday. Uh, several anonymous donors within the last few days. James Johnson, thank you so much for an extremely generous pledge. James might be getting the house divided, where he gets both the UK and UFL lab black colors. I don't know which I don't know which he picked up on in terms of thank you gifts, but thank you so much, James. Jeanette Westbrook uh, came on the uh, Truth to Power uh, three days ago and made a $200 challenge grant to the station. We'd love you to step up and match her challenge. And Josh Newman, thank you for your pledge. John Trueblood from the Louisville Chorus was live with us on the Access Hour last week and uh, also stepped up to the plate to make a donation. Thanks to all 35 of you who have donated so far. We'd love to thank you live on air today here on Sustainability Now. If you love... Where, what other station are you going to hear people talking about DSE Ocho Beans and, <laughs> and, and Indian Corn, right? Uh, and, and this is this is the kind of programming you only get on grassroots media like this. We're so, going to hook you up with not only free fruits and vegetables and seeds and plants, but we're hooking you up with free radio, y'all. And yeah. these radio people, they are busting their butts. Busting Let me tell you, <laughs> I want you... <laughs> can I not say that word on the radio? Oh, you can say okay, buttons. buttons. Yeah, can I say good. buttons? <laughs> they might be busting their buttons and their butts, but let me tell you, it is well worth it, y'all. If you're listening, like, please pledge forwardradio.org and just show a little bit of your love for your community radio. We are live here on Monday evening at 6.32. I love it. I get to say the time because I'm, I'm actually live on the air. This is what we used to do. Man and I used to do live radio in Paraguay on the community stations there, right? Singing chicken songs and guarani. <laughs> Yeah, and, please, uh, please please pledge us some money. Don't now. make us. Don't make us sing chicken <laughs> we'll songs sing and Gorney. <laughs> if you don't give us any money, we might ch- sing a chicken song and Gorney. <laughs> Oh, it's great. It's great to do this live radio, and it's great to have you all listening, and we want to know you're there. This is the way uh, you can interact with us is by making a donation at any level. Even $20 or 5 bucks would really uh, help us along towards our goal today. So you don't have to be... We, in fact, that's what we're all about here, Grassroots Radio. We'd much rather have you know hundreds of small donors than a few big ones, and that's always been the way it is. And our, you know, our community partners are very small grassroots organizations like the Urban Ag Coalition and Sustainable Ag of Louisville. We're so grateful to them. So if you are a member of a small grassroots community organization or a big nonprofit, we'll take you to, uh, or maybe you you know of a local business or are co-owner of a local business or something like that and would like to become an underwriter of the station, those are also great options for supporting Forward Radio. Uh, and you can do it today at forwardradio.org. So this is awesome. Um, we're so glad to have you all here today. Um, so I, I know one project that some of you have been involved in is the Louisville Community Grocery, uh, and maybe we could give our listeners a little bit of an update on where the where things stand with the co-op. Yes, we are about to make a big announcement, Ba-da-da. so I can't give you um, that <laughs> right announcement here, live today. On Ford Radio. Not live. You're not going to hear that announcement live on Ford Radio. But I can say that we have recently hired two new co-executive directors for the Louisville Association for Community Economics, and that is our local cooperative developer, mm. nonprofit partner that's helping develop the Louisville Community Grocery. So we are very, very excited to have brought on uh, Joseph and Tiffany Michelle as our new co-executive directors, and you'll be hearing more from them um, in the coming weeks. We're going to be having um, some sort of event to introduce them to the community and uh, we're very excited about the uh, trajectory that we're on right now. Nice. And, of course, there's a new project uh, called Delhi Up. Uh, 
that yes. is going to be featured on Saturday at our birthday party. What's Deli Up? Well, Deli Up is very exciting. It's actually a chance for us to build the deli for the grocery store before the grocery store opens. Wow. So we've been hearing How our community members <laughs> with with partners, with partners. So um, the Common Table has been a wonderful partner for us. They're training folks in um, not just uh, preparing the deli food, but mm. they're actually like coming up with the menu for us. And what people have been telling us for years as we've been organizing for the Louisville Community Grocery, people are saying, we really want healthy food that's fast yeah. that's easy that's affordable um we want food that's not just um fast food when we are in a hurry but we need something that's going to be easy convenient. to grab convenient but also like nutrient dense and good for the family um we've been hearing seniors say that they need something healthy uh, maybe they're on special diets we need people with families we know people with families need you know fast food sometimes you just don't have time to cook so we know the prepared foods are really important for the community and we really wanted to make sure that we, you know, had a way of bringing that to folks before the grocery store opens. So we are going around in our neighborhoods doing menu tastings and finding out what are the things that people really like. Oh. Um, and then helping develop our menu so that we have a wonderful menu of delicious foods that people already know, people have already tasted before that grocery store opens. So we'll be starting to um, unveil those food items this year and maybe start retailing those or distributing them through partners um, by the end of this year. Oh, okay. Retailing through partners. I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning a food truck, but maybe that's not the I don't right think it's going to be a food truck. We will have a vehicle or a trailer that will be able to take food around to things. So we might have like events where we come out to a street fair or something or like that. Or a farmer's market or something. Or a farmer's market. Hmm. So we'll be able to take food around to places. Hmm. I don't think it's going to be a food truck per se. But hmm. we have flexibility so we can really figure out what are the best ways to get the food out to the people. Great. So come on out on Saturday, 1 to 4, at the Tim Fuckner Gallery. Celebrate our birthday. Sample some of these Deli Up items uh, and give us your feedback about them. We're so excited about that and having them at our party. Uh, and then, Letitia, I know you, you've been involved in the Shively Community Food Park. And, and I, I wonder if we could chat a little bit more about that idea. What, just give our listeners an overview of what the idea is. Sure. Um, so the Shively... Uh area in Louisville is an independent city so yeah. it has its own mayor own city council and so I just wanted to kind of challenge um, our leaders to think outside the box this year especially um, now that they're in position to receive more ARP ARPA funds um, and um, and really truly invest in our food system here mm. in Shively, Southwest Louisville, uh, because we know that there are plenty of neighborhoods in Southwest Louisville that are plagued with uh, systematic food apartheid, right? Yeah. And so uh, we see the community uh, two or three years ago start to really create a movement to deal with that on their own, right, to uplift each other and come together and organize to feed um, themselves and, and their neighbors. And so that's the idea with the Shively Community Food Park, but there's never been anything done like it before. And so uh, we're excited to be uh, able to do, or here in, in the city, we're excited to be able to, to talk more about what that would look like. We have gotten support from our local leaders um, uh, about you know, as far as them wanting to learn more. So we presented a proposal of what it might look like. 
um, and what it could definitely do, the impact it could have on our community, um, and also left room to dream, mm. right? So, so we've we've got a lot of work to still do, uh, but the vision has been cast. Uh, the people are interested, but but right now we're in the phase where we're we're wanting more community um, thoughts and ideas, and really want this to be a community led type of project with the assistance of um, our local government leaders. Um, and also um, the, the idea started though, um, because there are few farms that have been displaced um, due to um, leases being broken because of development opportunity. Oh. And so that was initially how this began, um, trying to figure out how to find land for those farmers to access um, permanently. They, uh, and so the Shively Farnsley Golf Course um, has been vacant for six or seven years, and it's 27 plus eight. Yeah. I drive every day because I live right down the street. Uh. And I, so I've dreamt up all kinds of things for that, but I was like, this would be the perfect place yeah. for these farmers if they couldn't have it all to have just a piece of it. And then wow. what if we make this like a really cool multi-purpose area for the community to use? And so that's how the Shively Community Food Park was born, basically. 27 acres is significant. Like, significant, I mean, yeah. we, we know how much land it takes to play around a golf. But, man, what if we turn that? It's not even being used for golf anymore. So what if we turn that into <laughs> something that can feed people? And, Letitia, I'm so glad you brought up this concept of food apartheid because we've been talking about, like, all the cool things we're excited about sharing with people. We're, talk, we're talking about, you know, starting our own community-owned grocery. We're talking about growing our own food we haven't talked about the fundamental under underlying reasons about why there's a justice issue behind all that here in louisville so in our last five minutes together maybe somebody could share a little bit about you know the food justice issues in louisville and why these need to be addressed well i was at the food summit and marielle Gar uh, gardner and bethany and i presented and marielle told a fantastic story about her great her great grandparents who were farmers in Christian County and then ended up having to leave the farm and move to Louisville in the, like in the forties. Oh. And, and then, and then were redlined and, and, and lost their access to all kinds of things that are necessary for a good life here in Louisville. So she showed the parallels between, you know, the structural racism, um, and the concentration of land that happened out in the countryside and, you know, African-American farmers have been have lost their land at a disproportionate rate because they didn't have equal access to credit and other programs of USDA and, and all those other reasons, um, as well as, you know, just the general attitude that we've now seen come to the light of day in such a blatant way in the last few years um, that's kind of opened up eyes that had not been opened before about that reality. And um, so that it was a fabulous um, discussion we had with a bunch of farmers and folks and service agent type people from around Kentucky. And I think they, it was very well received um, message at the food summit. So yeah, yeah. that's a that's a great point. I mean, I, I think some, some of our listeners might not realize how disproportionately distributed food access is in our city uh the access to fresh affordable 
healthy food is is not equitable in Jefferson County, and there are many people who do not live within any reasonable distance of a basic grocery store, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, uh, there was recent studies done um, that said that um, there are 13,300 residents, uh, wow. one grocery store per 13,300 residents in the West End. Wow. Compared to one grocery store for eight every 8,000 residents in the East End. Wow. And um, so that's number one. Number yeah. two, for whatever reason, stores, uh, these marketplaces like Walmart, Kroger are deciding to close. Um, and there, uh, you know, specifically for Shively, we had the Kroger, it closed because apparently the big Kroger was being, uh, built and was, is supposed to service all of Southwest Louisville. Um, so it was <laughs> no down, uh, it's five miles down the road from, yeah. the, the, um, from Shively. And so now the people in wheelchairs and that they have to use public transportation have to not only, uh, you know, make a three hour trip basically when their home is only five miles away. Crazy. Um, but they can't just drop by the store anymore. Yeah. I mean, that, that store closing really changed um, the way people are, are being, you know, are the limitations for accessing food. So we have the Kroger closed then our save a lot closed. It was right. It's, it's right a mile, about a mile outside of the city limits of Shopley, but it's right there. Right. And so it closed. Yeah. Um, in 2018. Now the Walmart in uh, South PRP, which is about uh, four miles away, is closing April the 22nd. Unbelievable. So what are we supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, and so, again, um, we've got to do something. Um, and so hopefully, uh, you know, we can get tons and tons of support uh, to support local community groceries like the Park Parkland Community Grocery, Black Market, Kentucky yeah. Feed the West. All these, all, all these other programs that are that are already working, but the Shively Community Food Park could really change some things um, here in this area. I have a beautiful vision of the of the food park because I've also been past that yeah. empty golf course for quite a few times, and I think we need some some pictures, Letitia. I oh, think there we you need rendering. some renderings of people working on the land, yeah. a farm stand <laughs> along the roadside. Oh, would that be cool? You know, some animals. Um, yeah. You know, people people gathering there and growing food and some fruit trees that people can pick fruit. And I think, I think people need to visualize really what food security looks like and how that land could be part of it. That is a great note to end on. We're all out of time here on sustainability. Now we got to leave some time for our community calendar, but I really want to thank and honor everybody who participated today. Letitia Marshall uh, from the Urban Ag Coalition and Bear Fruit and Grow. Stephen Bartlett from Sustainable Ag Louisville. These are proud community partners of the station. And Amanda Fuller joining us, too, from the Urban Ag Coalition. And just one last note, Amanda, you also are heard on this station on Bench Talk. You want to briefly mention what's coming up with Bench Talk? This Week in Science? Yes, I am a team member now um, helping to produce Bench Talk, the Week in Science. And so uh, my colleague Rob Weber and I uh, appear on that show um, almost weekly with um, news about what's happening in science in Kentucky. So you can catch that on Mondays at um, 7.30 and a couple other times during the week. So if you love science, if you love food justice, if you love growing things, you should love Forward Radio. You're not going to hear about it anywhere else. So donate at forwardradio.org. Thank you so much, friends, for joining us. And we will be back.
in just a minute with your community action calendar. Lots of ideas about how you can get engaged this week with sustainability. So stay tuned, my friends. on a somewhat gloomy Monday, but a little warm out there. We are live here on Forward Radio with me, Justin Mogg, and Sustainability Now, doing our Pledge Drive Edition program live for you. We want to thank you live on air. Go to forwardradio.org right now. You'll find the big red button up there that says donate to our Pledge Drive. We need to raise $5,000 by Saturday. We're not quite halfway there. It'd be great if you could help us get there with your contribution at any level. Again, there are great thank you gifts handmade right here in Louisville, available starting at $25, and there are donation levels all the way up through $150. But you can give any amount today. You could give monthly. A small amount monthly would really, really help us out, and we could thank you live on the air right now through 7 o'clock. So please go to forwardradio.org and give what you can. Well, I hope while you're doing that, you're getting your calendars out and your pencils sharpened to get engaged in sustainability this week. First of all, April 1st began the Mayor's Give-A-Day month. All month long in April, you can make a difference in our community through Give-A-Day, the Mayor's Celebration of Service. The program partners with Metro United Way, who works every day to lift our community by mobilizing people and maximizing our community's resources to advance equity and share opportunities for all. So check out all the opportunities to volunteer and register for service at volunteer.com. MetroUnitedWay.org. Some volunteer opportunities include things like giving fresh paint to community buildings, cleanup and landscaping of our shared outdoor spaces, clothing drives for kids, food deliveries to those in need, and so much more. Any act of service helps. If you're unable to register for a physical act of service but would still love to contribute, they're accepting donations to the Mayor's Give-A-Day to help keep Give-A-Day going and provide supplies needed in the community. Again, more is available to learn about Mayor's Give-A-Day Month at volunteer.metrounitedway.org. Now, coming up this Wednesday, April 6th at 3.30 p.m., the University of Louisville's Geographic and Environmental Sciences Seminar Series is presenting a free public lecture on climate change, social capital, and sustainable livelihoods in conservation landscapes, featuring University of Colorado Boulder's Dr. Karen Bailey, who will be discussing her ongoing work to understand human-environment interactions for the intersecting goals of well-being of vulnerable populations, equity, and conservation. She'll share findings from research across sub-Saharan Africa with smallholder farming communities living in conservation landscapes. She'll focus on case studies from Southern and East Africa to highlight the importance of social capital and local organizations to support sustainable rural livelihoods and conservation goals under changing climactic conditions. She'll also briefly describe her work to support justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion in STEM fields, science, technology, uh, and math. And to no registration is necessary. You can find the link to join at louisville.edu slash sustainability. Again, it's Wednesday, April 6th at 3.30 p.m. virtually. So just go to louisville.edu slash sustainability and join us. 
Speaking of U of L, we are hosting a free movie night on Thursday, April seventh, with the fun documentary Yurt, locally made by Ben Evans. Your environmental road trip is a hoot, a great rollicking trip across the country, focused on what people are doing for sustainability. Check it out on Thursday, April seventh, in the main library's basement auditorium, five thirty to seven thirty p.m. at U of L's uh, extra library again. Go to louisville.edu slash sustainability to learn more about that. And on Friday, April 8th, man, this is like the all U of L week, uh, but we're having a gender and gardening workshop at the Garden Commons at 1 p.m. on Friday. You can join us there for a workshop in which we'll explore the connections between food and gender justice and the importance of women and LGBTQ plus people in food justice movements. This is part of the spring series of garden workshops hosted by the Garden Commons, which is a shared collectively managed space open to participation anytime from anyone in the community. Everyone who comes is welcome to a share in the harvest. It's at the southwest corner of Strickler Hall, right behind the Speed Art Museum's parking garage. And you can learn more at louisville.edu sustainability. We hope to see you Friday at 1 for the Gender and Gardening Workshop. Also on Friday in the evening at Waterfront Botanical Gardens, it's What Can Tree Rings Tell Us About Kentucky's Past? Join us for the Friday Night Speaker Series with UofL's own Dr. Megan Rockner at Waterfront Botanical Gardens. Dr. Rockner is a geographer and a tree ring scientist teaching and conducting research as an assistant professor of geographic and environmental sciences at UofL. Her research focuses on the use of tree ring data to reconstruct past climate and environmental conditions. Join us as we explore Kentucky history through patterns in tree rings hidden in local structures and artifacts. During this interactive lecture, Dr. Rockner will discuss the basics of tree ring science and its various applications. You'll follow along with hands-on examination of tree ring samples from Kentucky trees and structures and leave with a deeper understanding of how trees inform the past. U of all undergraduates will also be part of the event as well, helping with the hands-on portion of the lecture and sharing their experiences in the lab and in the field. You can get more information and register for the Friday 7 p.m. event at Waterfront Botanical Garden there at the very north end of Frankfurt Avenue at waterfrontgardens.org. Now, speaking of trees, there are two tree plantings to volunteer with coming up this Saturday morning, April 9th. You can either join Louisville Grows for a South End Beautification Campaign tree planting from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. They'll be meeting up at 264 Eiler Avenue. Louisville Grows is partnering with Brightside and Metro Council District 21 for a spring planting weekend around the South Side and Iroquois areas. The goal is to plant around 170 trees on both private property and right-of-way areas in the surrounding neighborhoods to restore the tree canopy there. On Friday, April 8th, corporate sponsors will encourage their employees to volunteer to plant trees nearby. And then on Saturday, there'll be a community planning day from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. with registration starting at 8.30. Tools and gloves are provided and all levels of experience are welcome as volunteers will be placed on small tree planting teams with an experienced citizen forester leading the way and providing training. Please dress for the weather or plan to get dirty and wear clothes toed shoes to plant these trees if you are unable to participate in the actual planting of trees you can join in the beautification by helping to pick up litter in the tree planting area on their neighborhood cleanup crew you can learn more about all of it and volunteer to sign up at louisvillegrows.org again that's this saturday 9 a.m meeting up at 264 eiler avenue 
closer to downtown in old Louisville. We're going to be doing a tree planting, and I'd love for you to join me there. I'm going to be leading one of the groups on Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon. We're meeting up at the Central Park Information Center in the middle of Central Park there. The old Louisville Neighborhood Council invites volunteers to help restore the urban canopy on uh, in old Louisville. We'll be planting 50 deciduous shade trees with our neighbors at various locations between the curb and sidewalk where trees are missing. The focus will be along 2nd Street, 7th Street, and Ormsby Avenue, and volunteers should gather outside the information center and in the middle of Central Park to be assigned to a small tree planting team. Donuts and coffee will be available starting at 8.30 and work begins around 9. A pizza and chili lunch will be served for all volunteers at noon after the trees are in the ground. Co-sponsors include Metro Council President David James, MSD, the Metro Division of Community Forestry, and Metro Public Works. All are welcome. No pre-registration is necessary and tools are provided. So just show up on Saturday 9 a.m. at the Central Park Info Center more information about that event is also at louisville.edu slash sustainability. And then after you're done planting those trees, join me, uh, get cleaned up and join me for the fifth anniversary party for Forward Radio. It's on Saturday the 9th from 1 to 4 p.m. Tim Faulkner Gallery, 991 Logan Street. There'll be food, including those deli up samples from the Louisville Community Grocery that we talked about. Drinks, speakers, raffle prizes, guest speakers, uh, including Metro United Ways CEO Adria Johnson and Judd Hendricks, Executive Director of Interfaith Pastors Peace, along with live musical performances by John Gage and Amber Riggs. It's free. It's going to be a great time. We'd love to see you there on Saturday from 1 to 4 at the Tim Faulkner Gallery. And finally, on Monday, uh, April 11th, we invite you back to the UofL's main humanities quad for a bee event to celebrate our pollinator friends from 4 to 5.15 p.m. UofL's uh, Engage Lead Serve Board is hosting this educational workshop in partnership with Being Together, a local black-owned honey and bee farm. Participants will have the opportunity to learn about how our waste and carbon footprint are having a severe impact on the planet and are detrimental to essential species that sustain us, specifically our bees. Our guest speakers, Keith and Sean, will talk about the bee industry, how managing and taking care of bees works, how honey is produced, how climate change is impacting the bee population, and how our consumption of certain products is harmful. ELSB will be offering free raw honey, reusable plastic-free bees wrap wax paper, and homemade soap at the event, and UofL Dining will be offering local honey lavender shortbreads and honey lemon iced tea. We'll also have an observation hive on hand so you can safely watch bees at work in their honeycomb. You won't want to miss it, my friends, coming up Monday, April 11th from 4 to 5.15 p.m. on UofL's main humanities quad behind Ekstrom Library. And that's all the time we have for today here on Sustainability Now. I want to end by thanking our 36th donor. Yay! I am so thrilled we've gotten up to $2,400. Thanks to you, an anonymous donor, for pitching in just now. Uh, we're so glad to have you as part of the team. If you want to join all these great people who have helped us raise $2,400 with your contribution at any level, go to forwardradio.org. Make your contribution today. Uh, and we hope to see you out on Saturday at our birthday party. And that's it for our live Sustainability Now broadcast here on Monday evening. 
Hope you've enjoyed it, and stay tuned. Coming up, more great stuff here on Forward Radio, and we'll be back in your ears again in one week's time, my friends. Be well.